So this particular topic, um, it's the faithfulness of the Father. So I was praying, I've had a little bit of time, about a month actually, when Troy asked for me to fill in while they were away. And so I just kept praying and asking the Lord where he wanted me to go, what he wanted me to, to teach on. And that's, that term, just the, the faithfulness of the Father came into my mind as I was doing some private devotions. And then the very next day, I heard that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And I was like, okay, Lord, you got my attention. And then the next day, I had another personal devotion that had the same thing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And I'm like, okay, Lord, now you really got my attention. And then the following day, and I'm not making this up, it was like four days in a row, the next song, that Chris Tomlin, Great is Your Faithfulness. So it's just like, all right, God, I got it. That's what you want me to talk about. So we're going to talk about the faithfulness of God or of the Father. And, you know, today, as I've prepared for this study and just thinking about it and looking through my notes and stuff, it's just become more and more evident to me every day and today how faithful God is to us. And I'm sure you can all attest to that, too. If you've been walking with the Lord for any amount of time, you can attest to the faithfulness of the Father. So just a few things to lay out. Uh, how about the faithfulness? Where do we get that word from? So we're going to go a little definition time. I know these students are probably like, come on, really? But let's look at a couple of words. So faith is going to be the root word that is going to be for faithfulness. So what does that mean? It's the confidence or trust in a person or thing. Belief that is not based on truth. Belief in God or in the doctrines or teachings of religion, a system of religious beliefs. And that particular word, faith, I counted it in my concordance in the New King James Version that it is in that Bible, this one, 107 times that word faith is listed. So the next thing would be, okay, what about an action of faith? And that would be faithful so faithful, definition for that is true to one's word or promise, reliable, trusted, or believed. That is in Scripture 43 times it's listed. And then the last one, the noun of faithful, which is faithfulness. And that is in, at least my Bible, <laughs> 16 times. So depending on which translation you use, you may get different numbers there, but that's what mine turned out. So it's, um, you know, pretty much understood. It's in the Bible a lot. So the Bible is listing faith. God is talking about faith and being faithful and his faithfulness and our faithfulness to him and being faithful. So we need to make sure we understand what that means, what it's all about. And we need to find out more about it. So to be able to understand the faithfulness of God, we have to look at what faithfulness is to God. What does that mean? So my first point is God's faithfulness is a fundamental part of his nature. How do we get there? Well, <laughs> for the Lord, it's not like he has to try to be faithful, right? Or he needs to be faithfulness. That's just who he is. That is part of his nature. He is faithful. Our Father shows us in his word that he was faithful from the very beginning of Scripture for 
all the way up to now, present day, our current day, he's still faithful to us. And he's also going to be faithful in the future. So every day going forward from here, he is going to continue to be faithful in our lives. So looking, continuing to look at his nature and uh, that fund, fundamental part of his nature, um, this is one of my favorite verses out of the Old Testament. And it's coming out of, by the way, you're going to get a lot of gymnastics today. So if you're writing down scriptures, my Bible teaching style is let the word speak for the word. So I'm going to have a lot of scripture references here. So Exodus chapter 33 Verse 14, and he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. There is nothing like that promise that God is going to be present in my life and in your life, and it is his desire that we find rest in him. You guys feel that? When you're in your devotion time, when you're talking to the Lord, do you feel rested? Do you feel the peace, that warmth of fellowshipping with the Lord? I hope you do. Another reference here, Exodus 34, 6, when Moses was with God at Mount Sinai, and the Lord passes before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Keep going. When he gave the words for the prophet Balaam to speak to Balak, and that's in the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, or will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? So the promises of the Lord, if he says he's going to do it, what's he going to do? He's going to do it. That's right. And Scripture continues to tell us that over and over again. He is going to be faithful to the promises that are in Scripture. I encourage y'all, sorry, my southern's going to come out, y'all, to look at the promises of Scripture to go dive into the promises of Scripture and all the promises that the Father has made to us and you'll be blown away. You'll be amazed of all the different promises that we have in the Bible that we can claim. We can claim those promises. In the Song of Moses, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 4, he is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of truth, and without justice, righteous and upright, is he. I love the scriptures that talk about the character of the Lord. What a perfect description at the end of that verse. He is righteous and he is upright. There is nothing bad. It's all good with the Father. To continue on, this is the verse that confirmed to me that this is what I needed to talk about tonight. And it's kind of a weird reference. You wouldn't think about this of being a a positive place, but in the book of Lamentations. Really? <laughs> Lamentations is a pretty heavy book, if you haven't read that one. But out of the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
So that statement right there, great is your faithfulness, that's the heart of the book of Lamentations. It's comforting, compassionate character of God dominates through the wreckage of every institution and office that's taken place. And God remains full of grace and truth in every situation. So any situation that you can think of and you ask the Lord to help you, he is full of grace. And he is, as I said, the truth. He is the truth. And so every situation that you can be in, that you can ever possibly imagine, that you've ever experienced, you can call on the Lord. A promise that he granted to Abraham. This is coming out of the book of Romans, chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also, or excuse me, was able to perform. So that is the promise that was made to Abraham, that his seed is going to be the one that's going to uh, be Christ, Right? And there was a lot of unbelief there, right? They were older, they didn't have kids, and they're like, how can this be? But if you follow the whole story, that promise came to pass in a later age, and as we know, it is what it is. Faithfulness is not depending on anything from us. So we cannot give anything to God for him to be faithful. He is the creator right? He created faithfulness. He is faithful. That is his being. So there's nothing that we could ever do or give to the Lord that would cause him to be faithful. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. How many times in a day do you become faithless? There you go. <laughs> so depending on what situation you're in, right, there could be something that you're going through that's pretty rough that you could very easily become distracted, have your eyes taken off the Lord, and your faith will waver. You may doubt things, right? And that's absolutely possible. I know it's happened to me, and I'm sure it will happen again. <laughs> I'm sure it's not the last time. But... We pray that we are faithful and that we continue to go forward. So that was the character of the Lord, the faithfulness in there. And now let's look at the next point here, and that he has been faithful from the very beginning. So from the very beginning of time, and we have in the Word of God, going through different references, that he is showing his faithfulness mainly to the people of Israel. He was faithful to them, and it starts in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verses 8 through 9. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh the king of Egypt. Therefore, know that the Lord your God he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy 
for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. So letting Moses know right there, I got you out of that crazy situation when you were involved with Pharaoh, and I'm going to continue to be faithful all the way through this walk into the promised land. Now, unfortunately, Moses didn't see it, but he got to see it from a distance. We were in Israel uh, two years ago and standing up on Mount Nebo, and you can see that promised land. So it was pretty, pretty awesome to stand where these scriptures are written. And I just a shameless plug, go to Israel. If you've never been to Israel, go to Israel. You will never look at the Bible the same again. It comes to life. Because when you're reading the scripture, you're visualizing that place. And it'll change your life in the word of God. God's faithfulness is known through fulfilling his promises as well. Starts out in Joshua, chapter 21, verses 45. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. And I love this last four words of this verse. All came to pass. So everything that the Lord told them, everything that he promised came to pass. So not one was missed. God is perfect. (laughs) And what he says he's going to do, he is going to do. Continuing in Joshua, chapter 23, verse 14. Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass, there it is again, for you. Not one word of them has failed. So just another verse, a couple chapters later, confirming the same exact thing. That anything that God promises, he is going to fulfill that promise. No matter what we do, right? We may get in the way, we may blow it, we may totally derail it from our side, but God's promise is still going to come through. I love that. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 9. Here's another great promise. How did God fulfill the promises in this book? Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, pleading to the Lord for Israel. And what did the Lord do? He answered him. He answered that cry, that plea that Samuel made and and everyone that has ever made before then and will do. He hears that cry. Another big promise that is showing the faithfulness of the Lord at the very beginning was Abraham once again talking about his fatherhood. So there's a lot of different scriptural references here for Abraham's fatherhood. And uh, there's a few of them up on the screen right now, but I'll just kind of list through them. I'm not going to read them, but just list through them for you. And it's all the way from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Genesis, chapter 15, verse 4. Genesis, chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. Romans 9.9, Galatians 4.28, and then I will expand on these last two. Out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verses 13 through 15. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear 
by no greater, no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So Abraham was waiting a long time. He got this promise from the Lord that the seed was going to come, that was going to save the world, save the nations. And he waited a long time for it, but it finally did come to pass. And I just, I, I love the way these scriptures all end with that the promise was completed, that it was obtained, it was fulfilled. Not one thing did not happen. Just that certainty of the Lord. Also in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, continuing with the same story, Verse 6 was about Abraham. Well, there were two people in this, right? Abraham's wife, Sarah. So this verse is about her, Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive the seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age. So whatever that age was that was passed back then is what it was. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. So her faithfulness... Let her be able to get pregnant. So she wasn't faithful at first. She doubted, right? But it came to pass. Once she became faithful, the Lord blessed them with a child. So God had his plan for Abraham and Sarah. He was always going to be faithful to it. There was no question about that. But just like us, or I could say just like me, Abraham and Sarah did um, take a little while to catch up to what God's plan was. And to become faithful. But eventually they did, and the blessing came through. So one other way that God was faithful to a promise back in uh, the Old Testament was about building the temple. So you may remember the temple. Who wanted to build the temple? King David, right? But the Lord told him he could not because he had blood on his hands, and he he was a man of battle. Even though he was, uh, you know, beloved of God, and I'll take that claim. I'll take that name. Second Samuel, chapter seven, verses twelve and thirteen. When your days are fulfilled, and you rest with your fathers, what does that mean? When he's dead, right? When he's gone, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body. So it's going to be one of his children, and I will establish his kingdom. And he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. What a great promise. The temple's going to be built, and also the kingdom is never going to end. His kingdom will never, ever go away, and it hasn't. What a great promise that is. A few more, one more. (laughs) The exile in Babylon. So it was foretold that Israel was going to be exiled, right? So, and then it came to pass. 2 Kings, chapter 25, verses 8 through 12. The book of Ezra, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Jeremiah, a bunch of time, it's, it's listed there. Jeremiah 25, 8 through 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. Jeremiah 52, verse 27. Daniel chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. And then we'll go ahead and read this next one. Daniel chapter 9, verses 17 through 19. Now therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant 
and his supplications, and for the Lord's sake cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations, and the city which is called by your name, for we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. So the pleading to get out of exile, to be able to get back, was also answered, that promise. So once again, they're lifting up a request um, in Daniel here, and God answers it. They're able to come out of exile and able to go back to Jerusalem. So that was point one in the beginning. Now point two, faithful in the present day, in the present time. So a few verses here, 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 26, with the merciful you will show yourself merciful, with a blameless man you will show yourself blameless. Isn't it good to be a merciful person? to show mercy upon others, to be loving, to be forgiving, and then you receive that from the Father as well. I think this next verse can probably be applicable to everyone in this room. I know it is for me, absolutely. Galatians chapter three, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. If that didn't happen, would any of us be believers? Would we be Christians? <laughs> right? We would not be able to receive that spirit of faith. But I love the fact that they want the Gentiles. They had the heart for the Gentiles. That's us. Well, maybe most of us in the room. There could be some Jewish people here as well. So Hebrews. But the most of us are Gentiles. And through that, we gain the promise through Jesus Christ. We have our hope in Jesus Christ as well. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Is it easy to not waver? You guys have a perfect walk, have a perfect day. I don't know if I, last time I had a perfect day, it's been a long time. I try, I try to strive to be, um, you know, achieve perfection in the Lord. Only through him will it ever happen, <laughs> if it ever happens. But he is still faithful even though I'm not, and I waver. To those who believe and follow him, God is faithful to us in answering our prayers. He always answers a prayer. Do you guys know that? You ever heard people say, God's not hearing me. God's not answering my prayer. If you're a believer, he's hearing your prayer. But he's going to answer it in one of three ways. Yes, no, or maybe not yet, or not now, right? He has a perfect plan. We don't know what his plan is. And if he were to answer yes or no at that particular moment when we're crying out and we think it needs to be answered right now, that's not going to be what's best for us. His timing is perfect, but it's always going to be answered one of those ways. Yes, no, or not yet. 
How many times has God answered your prayer? And I say this to myself. You guys know that old thing about pointing a finger, right? Got three more coming back, so just keep that in mind for me tonight. How many times has God answered our prayers and we don't even recognize it? You're praying, you're crying out, and then God is faithful and he answers that prayer. Even the way you prayed it, he answers that prayer. And you're just like, okay, and you're on to the next thing. You don't even think of acknowledging it and thanking the Lord for hearing that cry and answering that prayer. So obviously what you were praying was right. It's in his will or he wouldn't have answered it the way you wanted to. But we need to take that slow down approach. And that's why I love our Sunday night prayer. It slows down. Take that slow down approach. And when you pray to wait on the Lord, and then when he does answer, acknowledge it. Right? Give him the, the credit that he deserves, he, the honor that is due his name. We need to do that. I know I need to do that. So let me give you a few examples of how he's been faithful in my life in the present day because it's definitely present for me. I'm living it. So <laughs> my family. My family um, has been one of the ways that God has answered my prayers. Um, a long time ago, I prayed for a godly wife. So I was a young Christian, and I, my prayer was, I don't want to meet somebody that is not solid. I want to meet somebody that is strong in their faith. And he blessed me with giving me a godly wife. I also wanted to have a marriage that honored him. So between my wife and myself, we were doing what God called us to do. We're honoring the Lord with whatever it is. And... I can tell you my wife has been very faithful to me because I've moved her all over the country many times, many places, and she has been right there by my side of knowing we are seeking the Lord and we're not moving unless the Lord tells us to. So if we both get that confirmation from the Lord to move, we're going to move because that's where he wants to be. He wants us to be. Our motto is we are going to be right where we are doing the most that we can for the Lord and for the kingdom until he tells us to move someplace else. Now, we're really praying. He does not tell us to move anywhere else. We don't want to go. We've moved a lot. We like it here in Lynchburg. We don't want to go anywhere else. So I appreciate your prayers on that. Children, we wanted to have children, and she even teases me that when we first met that I said I wanted to be a father before I said I wanted to be a husband. But that's not the way it was going to work, trust me. But I've always wanted to be a parent. And so we're very blessed that we have children, two boys, that love and fear the Lord, that know the Bible, that walk with the Lord, um, and, you know, are honoring to him. That's a, that's a blessing. Not everybody can say that about their kids. So I'm very, very blessed to be able to say that. Um, our, our first son, <laughs> of course, kids are not perfect. You know, they may be walking with the Lord, but they're not perfect, and they need to be uh, disciplined in some ways. And one little story I'll share with you, my first son, if he's listening, hi. Um, we had to discipline him. He was very little, and we had to do the old wooden spoon and the little discipline on him. And we noticed it got quiet, and it's like, where is he? And so we're kind of looking around the house for him, and, and we find him sitting down, and he's got his little beginner's Bible, which is all pictures and has words, but he can't read yet. He was 
three or four, maybe, I don't even know how old he was, but he's running his finger across the page. And we're like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm reading where it says, thou shall not use the wooden spoon. <laughs> it's like, we have to turn away from laughing, of course, but yes. So, hey, he was in the Word at a very young age. It was great. And then our second son came along, and uh, we always tease his older brother because whenever they would get into some kind of an, a dispute or discussion about something, we would always remind him that, remember, you're the one that prayed for a little brother. We didn't pray for a little brother. He prayed for a little brother. So you better get along with your little brother. And they do. They get along great. They're men now, so it's okay. The other thing with my family is the majority of my family are walking with the Lord. And that is such a blessing, such a blessing that we have that community of Christ in our lives as a family. And, you know, that is something that we've prayed for. Not, not everybody was walking, and, but now most of them are. And so it is such a blessing to know that God is faithful to that for us. Another way that he has been uh, faithful to me and my family is um, through provision. You know, God provides what? Everything, right? We may think we work. We may think we're toiling and we're doing it and we're earning it. It's all from him. Every last thing. Your job, he's put you placed in the job that you're doing. That's provided by him. Any kind of shelter, that I've ever had or you ever had has been provided by him. Food, I mean, most of us, I think, are probably eating pretty well, probably a little more than we should. Health, good health, well, getting a little older, some things are creaking and cracking, but still in pretty good health. Finances, always provided, even through tough times. When our nation and uh, the economy was doing really tough, I can, it's, it's a blessing to say that I have never gone a day without work. I have always been provided for financially through the Lord. And then about a blessing. How has he blessed us, uh, or blessed me, I should say? Well, the first thing is that I have been walking with the Lord for over 40 years. And that is the ultimate blessing. I mean, I, I look back at time and I go, wow, that was a long time ago. And I see you young guys are probably spending, how old is this guy? So yeah, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 17. You can do the math. So I've also been married to my lovely wife for over 35 years. So what a blessing that is in this day and age where, you know, a lot of marriages end after six months <laughs> if they even make it that long. And so I'm just very blessed for that. And then also in the ministry. So it's been 26 years. I've, I, I calculated that out today. I was like, how long has it been since I started serving, whether as a volunteer or on staff at a church? And it's been 26 years. It's been a long, long time. And, and that is just one, another way that the Lord has a blessing for, for me. And then what about love? God is always faithful with his love. He has never, ever stopped loving me and he's never ever stopped loving you he showers me with his grace and mercies every single day i don't know about y'all i burn through my mercies every day i don't know it's i'm glad they're fresh every morning okay and he sustains me so when i walk with him he is a sustainer you know sometimes we do have doubts though 
You know, we may think that God is not being faithful, right? Well, of course, there's a scripture to talk about that. Romans chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make their faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and you may overcome when you are judged. He is always faithful. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, we are faithless. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. It's impossible. It's his nature. And then in Psalm 145, verses 13, verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. So even in the present, he's still going to continue on into the future, all generations. So what about some evidence of God's faithfulness? Well, there was a bunch of scriptures on this. Um, I only grabbed four because <laughs> it's pretty, pretty much endless. So Acts 13, verse 32 and 33, and we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers, God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus, and it is also written in the second psalm, you are my son Today I have begotten you. So Jesus is the ultimate expression of God's faithfulness. Also in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 and 22, for all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen. To the glory of God through us, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God who has sealed us and given us the spirit of our hearts as a guarantee. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Don't you love that? He is not slack. Boy, anybody uh, got back to the future? That was the first thing that came to my mind when I read this. Slacker, right? I'm not a slacker. Right? But the Lord is not slack. He will never, ever slack concerning his promise, and some, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He will never give up. He wants everyone to make that choice. We have that guarantee of salvation and the forgiveness of our sins if we choose to believe and accept Jesus as our Savior. I pray that everybody in this room has already done that. And if not, we can talk afterwards. Faithful in the future. So we've made it through the past. We've made it in the present. And now we're going to look in the future. We know that the Bible is true. Every single word of Scripture is true. So that means what? That every prophecy is going to be fulfilled. They have either already come to pass or we're still waiting. I don't know about you, but the one I'm waiting for is that is my desire is for the Lord to come back for his church. That's the one I'm waiting for. I can't wait to look him in the eyes face to face to see my Lord and Savior. 
as we have all learned in the writings of all the prophets and also in the book of Revelation, we will be returning with him to rule and reign in his kingdom to come. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. In Revelation 19, verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in the righteousness, he judges and makes war. Is the faithfulness of God based on anything that we do or anything that we say? I've already asked that question. I hope you have the same answer that we had earlier. Can we do or say anything to remove his faithfulness from us? Nope, it's not going to happen. It's his nature. So we're coming in for a landing. But this, I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So a little, same verse, Lamentations 3, 21 through 23. Different version there, sounds a little different. Well, it's not the bright, bright, sunshiny day when we most taste the greatness of God's faithfulness. Though he is most certainly faithful in those times, it's usually what? When we're in the lowest. We're at the lowest point where we're going through something tough. It's a dark time when we're hopeless. That's usually when we feel the faithfulness of the Lord working in our lives. As James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And here's some of the lyrics to that song, that first song I heard. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not, as though has been, thou forever will be. His promises will never go away. His faithfulness will never turn. So for those of us who are in Christ, the great grounds of God's faithfulness to us in our best of times and in our worst of times is God's own faithfulness to his son, Jesus Christ. No matter how dark the garden of despair, no matter how long the road of pain, no matter how horrible the cross, God remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. Once again, 2 Timothy chapter 2.13. If we are in Christ, we can be sure of this in our darkest days, that what? He will never abandon us, but remains utterly faithful to bring us through death and life again. Our Father, all through time, has demonstrated his faithfulness. We looked at it in the past, we looked at it in the present, and we also looked at it in the future. Maybe you've never known, or maybe you've walked away from God's faithfulness. I pray that this time we've spent together has been encouraging for you and reminding you 
how faithful our Father is, even when we're not faithful to Him. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And if you guys don't know, if there's anybody here that does not know that faithfulness of the Lord, that you do not have a relationship with the Lord, please come talk to me. I'll be up front. My wife and I will be up front. Come talk to us and pray with us. We'd love to hear your story. Everybody has a story, right? That's your testimony. That's one thing I love about sharing my testimony is nobody can ever say that's not true. (laughs) That is what happened between me and the Lord. No, I don't believe that. I don't know how you can not believe it. It's my life. (laughs) That's what happened. That's how God got a hold of me, right? So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for just showing us in your word tonight how you are the faithful one. It's part of your character. It's been from the beginning of time. It's going through now, and it will be in the future. And Lord, we just pray that our hearts are bent to you. Lord, we are nothing of ourselves. We are relying on you to provide in all the ways we talked about, that we don't do anything in our own strength, Lord. We give everything over to you because you are faithful. You will always be faithful. And Lord, I pray that you encourage us in our faith to be faithful to you. Lord, as we grow, as we walk, encourage us, strengthen us. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.